If Jesus raised from the dead, so can I. Now, some of you may think, well, now, Pastor, that's kind of an arrogant remark. That's kind of an arrogant thought. Well, just saddle up your horse and ride along with me for a while. And let's see where the Lord takes us. If Jesus can raise, if Jesus raised from the dead, so can I. All right, let's go and see what's going on. First of all, his arrival was so unorthodox. Just a few months ago, we celebrated Christmas. Just a few months ago, we had Christmas programs and kids were in costumes and adults were in costumes and we were celebrating the birth of our Lord. And I don't really believe that he was born exactly on December 25th. But I do know this, that the world does take time out to honor that and to remember that. And so we just want to make sure that we do that as well. But his arrival was so unorthodox. There were so many things about his coming to earth. The God of heaven robed himself in flesh and came to earth as a man. You see, the Bible says in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Well, a spirit cannot die. A spirit doesn't have blood to shed, and I don't have time today to get into the reasons why blood was required, except for Leviticus 17, 11 says that life is in the blood. And that God required a blood sacrifice for the atonement of our sins. And so we see the God of heaven who is a spirit who feel, fills all in all. The God of heaven who fills all in all, the entire universe. Becoming the size of a head of a pen at conception. Inside that virgin womb of his natural mother Mary who Mary's body would give him the vehicle to fulfill the plan. It would be a vehicle that was a body made out of flesh and blood. And he would come and die on a cross, and he would rise again. Let's look here, next one please, about his arrival. God began to put in the thoughts of a man named Caesar Augustus, who was the Roman emperor at the time. He put in his mind that I will tax the whole world. He put in his mind, and when I tax them, I will have everyone under my, under my control, everyone under my authority, in my domain, in my kingdom. I will have everyone return back to the place that they were born, and they will take a census, and I will see how many people are actually under my, my rule and my control. And so this came about, and he taxed them. And what Caesar Augustus thought was a good idea was actually the plan of heaven in the first place. Because Micah 5.2 says that the baby would be born in Bethlehem. But Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth. So God used the tax increase and a census to begin to put his will in place. Don't have time to go on this track today. But I would say that God may be using this virus and this situation that we found ourselves in to bring about his will and his plan in our lives. I know some people are thinking uh, this is government intrusion. Other people are thinking this is persecution. I'm just looking at it as maybe this is just the hand of God 
that is leading the church into the divine moving that God wants in this last hour. Because the church cannot remain anemic and weak and lethargic and lazy. The church is going to have to arise and step up to her potential and up to what the need is for this generation. It was a virgin birth. It was an angel choir that said, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. It was dreams and direction that came directly from God himself that told Joseph, you get Mary and the babe and you go to Egypt until I tell you to come back because there was a purge in the land of all the boys, baby boys, three years and younger because Herod was trying to kill the king of the Jews. All of this was in God's plan. All of this was in God's plan to get us to this day today. All of it was in God's plan to get you to this point today where you're in this church or you're sitting in a parking lot or you're watching this archive video or you're watching this broadcast live anywhere around the world. All of this is in God's plan. You see, God is in the affairs of man. God is in control. Now, it may look like the devil's in control. It may look like hell is in control, but hell is not in charge. Hell is not in control. Next one, please. And so the verdict against all of us was this. We were all guilty. All of us are guilty. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter how kind you are. Now, if they're looking at me and they're looking at you, they're going to pick you because you're nice. You're a kind person. You're gentle. You want everybody to be happy. You want everybody to be pleased. You want everybody to be feeling good. I'm just an old grouchy dog. We had prayer last night on the Zoom meeting with the grouchy guy. And that was me. What I'm saying is it doesn't matter how kind and how nice and how good you are. What it is is we all have to have a Savior. All of us have to have a Savior because all of us, every one of us, has had the verdict of guilty stamped on us. Next one, please. And so we look at this. And David said this in Psalm, next one please, Psalm 51, 4, against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. David said I was born a sinner. All of us were born sinners. All of us were born without hope. Yes, he said, from the moment my mother conceived me, I was a sinner. All of us are lost. All of us are undone. When we come into this world, no matter how precious we are, no matter how sweet we sleep, no matter how beautiful we are curled up sleeping with our hands under our head, like Brother Edison's done, no matter how beautiful it is, I'm telling you, all of us are sinners. All of us are needing a Savior. Let's go. Yes, so there was a mission that God put in place, and here's what it was. And Jesus, Luke chapter 5, verse 31, answering said to them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus didn't come for the righteous, he came for the sinners. Jesus didn't come for the ones who were whole and healthy, he came for the ones who were broken and sick. 
You see, God came in the form of Jesus Christ, robed himself in flesh, and he said, I have come to call sinners to repentance. Next one. And then he says, Pilate said, therefore, in John 18, 37, he said, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end, to this mission, he was saying, was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Jesus said, To this end was I born. This is why I was born. I was on a mission. I came here because there was a need. I came here because I was sent. Next one, please. And so, Romans chapter 5, Paul said, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, for a good man some will even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before I was born, this mission was already accomplished. Before any of us were born in this generation that we live in, Jesus had already died. He had already taken our sins ahead of our, our being born and created. He had already taken our sins and nailed them to his cross. He had already shed his blood for us. He had already given his life for us. Let's go. Yes, sir. The mission delivered the remedy. There was a remedy that came in this mission. There was a remedy that came when Jesus died on the cross. You see, the old song says, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you that that blood that was shed that day outside of Jerusalem, hallelujah, it, it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that Jesus shed for us, it will never, ever, ever lose its power. A lot of people today don't want to hear about the blood. A lot of churches today don't want to hear about the blood. A lot of people about um, probably 15 or 20 years ago, when the movie came out, The Passion of the Christ, they were all in uproar, an uproar and they were all upset because that movie was so gory and it was, and should you go watch it and all of this. But that really happened. That movie that portrayed the, 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 um, the abuse and the beating that Jesus took, that movie that portrayed him being uh, falsely accused, that movie that portrayed him being uh, lied about, and, and he did, went about doing good, and people lied about all of that. And, and us and our wisdom in this generation that we live in, oh, that, that may not be good, and don't let your children go see it. But I'm telling you, it was that blood that was shed on that cross that day that washed away each of our sins, that gave us power over addictions, that gave us power over our anger, that gave us power over the sin in our lives, that gave us the remedy, that gave us the victory. It is the blood of Jesus. And I'm sorry if the church world thinks it's too gruesome today, but you're going to have to have some power. The church is going to have to have some power in this last hour. The church is going to have to have some 
oomph to it. It's going to have to have some power to it that when somebody walks in that is full of sin, they can walk out of here with their sins washed away. They can walk out of here with the Holy Ghost, God's Spirit, living in their lives and in their hearts. But there's going to have to be a church that has the capability and the capacity to do it. I hope Family Worship Center, that's us. I pray that it's us. I pray that we are not found wanting. I pray that we are not found just lazy and lethargic and ho-hum, that we just come in to worship. Oh, well, I'll just worship a little bit. Oh, my God, it's so cold in here. Oh, I need a blanket. Oh, it's so hot in here. Oh, the pastor preaches too long. I never heard none of you preach about me, complain about me preaching too short. So I'm not throwing that out there today. Oh, the pastor preaches too long. The services are too long. My honey's hurting. My, my God, you got padded pews. I've been in services where I've seen them set on, on two-by-fours and two-by-sixes stretched across concrete blocks, a bunch of gypsies in southern Bulgaria. And I've seen the power of the word go forth and 21 get baptized in the river. Hallelujah, for the remission of their sins. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it's time to get, quit worrying about how comfortable we are and realize that we are sinners and that we still have neighbors who are sinners and we still have family who are sinners and we still have friends who are sinners and everybody needs a Savior and everybody needs the blood of Jesus applied to their lives because that was the remedy that the mission delivered that day. Can I get a witness and a worship in here? Can I get a praise from some? in this big old empty house. Wouldn't have to magnify that on Adobe Audition and boost that a little bit. Next one, please. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. Yes. I preached unto you. I preached the gospel to you, which you have... All you have received and wherein you stand. By which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Now look at this. He said, I preach and I declare unto you the gospel by which also you are saved. He's talking about the gospel there. The gospel saves us. Amen. Jesus delivered the gospel to us. The gospel, the good news, the good tidings. Everybody likes good news. Everybody likes to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy, happy, happy. Amen? Wow. The response is deafening out there. The gospel. The gospel is the remedy. The gospel is the remedy. <clears throat> Paul said, I'm going to declare to you the gospel, which I preach, and you have received it, and you stand on the gospel. Next one. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Christ had to die. 
Jesus Christ had to die. There was no other way around it. There was no other way under it. There was no other way over it or through it. He had to go and face that death. He had to die the death that he died. And many people say, oh, that's just, it's just like a, it's so much, it's so, so much killing and it's, it's so gory and, and all of the, all of the slaughtering and, and everything. But you, you go back to Solomon's temple. I alluded to it a few weeks ago in a message that there were like 22,000 oxen that were killed at Solomon's temple. Do you know how much blood is flowing out of 22,000 cows? There's a lot of blood in 22,000 cows. And there's 120,000 sheep that were sacrificed during the dedication of that temple. That's a lot of blood. But let me tell you something. All of that blood could not move and wash away any of our sins. All of that blood that was shed year after year after year at Passover by the high priest, all of the blood that was shed all through the year for atonements and for sacrifices and for all of this stuff could not do anything about removing our sins. It only rolled it ahead for the people to the next time and to the next year. But then when Christ comes... When Jesus Christ comes and he dies on the cross, hallelujah, one drop of that precious blood can wash away the sins of the entire race of humanity. So Jesus had to die and shed his blood. And verse 4 says he was buried. When you die, we're going to bury you. Because if we don't, you're going to smell you're going to have the worst smell in the neighborhood, and they're going to call the homeowners association on you, and they're going to report you. Amen. They're going to report you and say, there's a smell coming from so-and-so's house. So when you die, we bury you, and we put you in the ground. Jesus was buried. But verse, the continuation of that verse, what we would call we scholars and these these students of theology we would say part b of that would say and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures not only did he live and he died not only did he die and he was buried but he also was buried and he rose again you see jesus christ is the only one to have ever lived and died and rose again. Jesus Christ is the only one that will ever be able to say he raised himself up from the dead. Hallelujah. You see, all of those out there who are hung out on idol worship, all of those who worship Krishna, all of those who worship Buddha, all of those who are into Hinduism, all of those, their leaders lived and they died and they're still dead. Muhammad lived and he died and he's still dead. But Jesus Christ lived and died and rose again. And the Bible says he is alive forevermore. You see, Jesus is alive forevermore. You and I worship a living Savior. We worship a God that has ears and can hear. We worship a God that has eyes and can see. We worship a God that has lips and can still speak. We worship a God that has hands and can still touch. 
Oh, give God some praise on that because you serve a living Savior. The resurrection is the only, the major thing. The resurrection is the thing that separates all of Christianity from all of the other spiritual movements ever existing on the face of the earth is a resurrection that makes the difference. Their leaders lived and died. They're still dead. Their founders lived and died and they're still dead. But Jesus said, I, behold, I am alive forevermore. I am alive forevermore. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. We're a word church around here. Next one, please. So it's the good news, the gospel, that saves us. It's the good news. Step one, Christ died. Step two, he was buried. Step three, he rose from the grave. Three steps right there. Step one, he died. Step two, he was buried. Step three, he rose from the grave. That's the gospel. We're supposed to imitate the gospel. We're supposed to live the gospel. We're supposed to practice the gospel in our walks with the Lord. We die when we repent of our sins. We die out to sin. We bury ourselves through water baptism. Hallelujah. And then through the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are raised in newness of life, just like the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Next one, please. Hallelujah. I want to look at the word power here. I want to look at the word power. It comes from the Greek word dunamis. Look at the underline. Don't worry about all that other stuff. It's just, you know, I just put it there so it made me look really sharp. Okay. It's a force, specifically miraculous power. The Holy Ghost in our lives gives us power. The gospel in our lives gives me power. It gives me a force. It helps me overcome sin. Amen. I just want you to know that I'm nicer now than I was 45 years ago. Oh, that's pretty old because I was just a child. That's scary, isn't it? I want you to know that I don't say the words I used to say. Why? Because the gospel has got a hold of me. I don't do the things that I used to do because the power of the gospel got a hold of me. That word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. That's where we get our word dynamite. You see, when you get the dynamite power of the gospel in your life, you're going to turn from darkness into light. You're going to turn away from the bad and turn to the good. Listen, you don't just stand around in the world and just do nothing and you're just cool and everything's just fine and you're just all oh, hip-hop and bad and, you know, you're just good. I'm telling you, you're either going to serve darkness or you're going to serve light. You're either going to live for God or you're going to live for the enemy. You're either going to do what's right or you're going to do what's wrong. Come on now, somebody. I'm telling you, this is where the rubber is meeting the road down here. This is where we're going to have to get real with yourself. You're going to have to get real with yourself. And you know whether you're serving light. And you know whether you're serving darkness. And you know who your God really is. Oh, I... Pastor, 
Just calm down. I am calm. You ought to see me when I get fired up. You want to see fired up? Go watch last week's service. Somebody said we need it. Might get some more. Amen. If y'all want more of last week, send me a message. Say, yes, we want more of last week's. You better get your asbestos suits on. Flame throwing. I'm talking about the gospel today. I'm talking about the power. Next one, please, good sister. Dunamis comes from the Greek word. Dunamis comes from the Greek word dunamai, which means to be able or possible. God makes it possible. The gospel makes it possible for me to be a good guy. The gospel makes it possible for me to live right. The gospel makes it possible for me to walk away from darkness and sin. The gospel makes it possible for me to be victorious. The gospel makes it possible for me not to, not to be a drug addict. The gospel makes it possible for me not to be an alcoholic. Come on now. The gospel makes it possible for me not to beat my wife. The gospel makes it possible, possible, possible that a girl... Work on that device while you got it. The gospel makes it possible for you to walk in victory and in power because it gives us the ability and the possibility to do it. Next one, please. Paul said this. He said the gospel is supposed to have some power. Everybody say power. Power. Come on, say it right. Power. The gospel is supposed to have some power. Say it so Caitlin can understand it. Power. All. She needs power in it all. One day she said, I'm, so I thought she said she's trying to be nice today. I said, why are you trying to be nice? She said, I, I said, she said, I, I said I was going to eat some ice. Ice. I said, oh, I thought you said something about being nice but it's eyes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The gospel gives us power. The gospel is supposed to have power. The church is supposed to have power. The church is supposed to have power. Christians are supposed to have power. You're supposed to have power over sin. Don't, don't go walking around in the earth and not have any power and blame the church because the church is weak. No, it's up to us individually. It's up to each and every one of us individually what we're going to do, what we're going to say, how we're going to live. If you want to live like a dog, you're going to live like a dog. If you're going to live in sin, you're going to live in sin, but don't blame the church for it unless you went to a dead church. Now I'm going to talk to some dead churches out there. You better get some fire going in your church because when the people come in and sick and need an operation, a spiritual operation, I hope to God that you have some power. I hope to God you have some facilities that you can do an operation in the spirit and get some people delivered and set free. Hallelujah. I'm not just talking about being clean. I'm talking about being free. The gospel will set us free because the gospel has power. Next one, please. Paul said in Romans 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. To everyone that believes, if you believe, you can receive. If you can believe, you can receive. Amen? It's going to come down to where, you know, you're not going to, you, you, you've been crying about grandma. 
You've been crying about Grandpa all these years. Well, Grandpa, you know, Grandpa helped build this old church. Grandpa helped buy the pew, and Grandpa helped put the stained glass window in, in the window, and Grandpa and Grandma. You know what? Grandpa and Grandma's dead. And apparently what Grandpa and Grandma had did not get down to where you are because you're living like hell. You're living like a dog. Your thought patterns and thought lives so so tormented. You're tormented in your spirit. You're tormented in your mind. You're tormented in your family. You're tormented in your relationships. You're tormented and tortured, and the enemy's just got you all bound up. Why? Because you, you're so bound, you're so tied up to what grandpa and grandma did. You don't even know what grandpa and grandma had. You weren't even around when they were living for God. You better make sure you find a church. You better find a preacher. You better find a friend or a neighbor that's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their life. You better make sure you you find somebody that's got the power of the Holy Ghost. You better find somebody that's a power, got the power of the gospel in their lives. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy resurrection. Happy Hanukkah. Hallelujah. Passover. God wants to do a work in your life, and the devil ties you up with your past and your heritage. Heritage aren't just meant to stay in one place. You're meant to build on a heritage and go on and do more for God. Amen? Amen. Next one, please. For our gospel came not, 1 Thessalonians 1.5, unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the gospel comes in power and in the Holy Ghost. Next one, please. We're rolling. The devil doesn't want to lose you. The devil does not want to lose you. You're his territory. You're his territory. But you have been laid in front of you and you have been given all the tools necessary to live a victorious life in Christ. You have been given every opportunity and every chance to live a victorious life in Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity to live a life where you lay down at night and you can sleep all night long because God gives you peace in your mind. You got the opportunity to wake up in the morning with a song in your heart. Hallelujah. Yes, I know Jesus. Yes, I know Jesus. Woke me up this morning. Started me on my way. Keeps me on my journey. Guides me day by day. Yes, I know Jesus. Yes, I know Jesus. You know, you can know Jesus and get rid of the devil in your life, but the devil doesn't want to lose you, and he's going to fight you, and he's going to try to tell you that it's all a lie, and he's going to try to tell you those church people are crazy, and you don't want to be part of them. He's going to tell you that Granny and Grandpa wouldn't want you going to that kind of church. They wouldn't want you going to that Holy Ghost church. They wouldn't want you doing that old speaking in tongues business. But let me tell you something something there is power in the gospel and there's power in the baptism of the holy ghost there is power for your life there is power to resurrect that dead man that has been dead in sin and bring you back to life let me tell you something if jesus can raise from the dead you can too hallelujah if jesus can raise from the dead so can i hallelujah i'm talking to somebody out there in the world today the devil's a liar. 
You better drop all of your inhibitions. You better drop all of your concerns and all of your fears. You better drop all of this mess that's holding you back. All the dumb, stupid excuses that are keeping you bound. And you better break and run to Jesus. Just like that man with thousands of demons in him in Mark chapter 5. The Bible says that when Jesus stepped out of the boat, hallelujah, that man with thousands of devils ran to Jesus, fell at his feet, and worshiped. Hallelujah. I don't know. Some of you ain't got thousands of demons in you. But I got to ask you this question. What is it about somebody that's got a thousand demons that'll run and fall at the feet of Jesus? And we in our educated, highfalutin, materialistic society get all tied up. We can't even worship Jesus. Oh, it's too hot. It's too cold. It's too long. It's too short. It's too, it's too quiet. It's too loud. Oh, my God. It's all these reasons in the world. Hey, listen, you better get a praise break going in your life. You better say, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it, I'm here for you. If Jesus can rise from the dead, raise from the dead, you can too. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. I watch this scripture. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Ready, ready, ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Satan has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Satan's blinded their minds. Boy, there's all kinds of this comment board's blowing up. Hallelujah. Kate Z, Mitch, Ginger, Catherine, Aunt Kay, Randall Green, Brother Randall. I'm telling you, the devil, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They can't see the light because they've been blinded. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. I'm here to tell you we're going to have to pray, church. You're going to have to start to pray for your friends and neighbors and family that aren't in the walking in the power of the gospel. How am I going to pray, pastor? You're going to pray, God, remove the blindness off of their eyes and their minds. Let them begin to see in the name of Jesus the power of the light of the gospel. Let them begin to see in the name of Jesus what you're trying to do, Lord, in their lives. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, like I said last week, if you think this little shutdown is just so bad, you better wait until the real stuff starts happening and the mark of the beast starts to come and all of the Antichrist mess starts to come and they're going to shut churches down. And I heard, you know, they were worried about, oh, Jesus, a few weeks ago after we started this, Online broadcasting. I knew, I knew Facebook would be overran. I knew social platforms would be over, overrun with traffic because you got all these churches that never broadcast before. Now everybody's broadcasting if they're going to have anything. And so there were folks, there were folks that were saying, well, my God, they've taken down our Facebook video. They're taking it down. They're all screaming government censorship and all that. Listen, we've traveled through the country, and there's 
just in North Carolina, in southern North Carolina, near the South Carolina border, Facebook built massive buildings. You remember those Facebook buildings? Massive buildings of nothing but computers and software to run their platform. But they were just trying to give more broadband space and, and, space and trying to readjust so people could... The, the, the traffic could be handled, and people were already screaming, my God, my God. Well, if you can't handle it now, you better get ready because it's not going to get any easier in the end time. You better get ready because it's not going to get any easier. I'd say you better figure out a way to surrender to God, and you better say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. I cannot stop. I cannot hold up. I cannot wait, Jesus. I've got to have the power of the gospel in my lives. Come on now. I'm talking to somebody out there. I'm I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Next one. God has a plan for you. You. He's got a plan for you and you and you and you and you. And you and you and you. And that's covered all of us. Me. There you go. God has a plan for us. He doesn't leave us without a plan, please. Let's go on. Ephesians 2. 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. If Jesus can raise from the dead, so can I. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. Who? Let me ask you something. Who are you listening to today? Who are you listening to? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Dun, 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 dun. That's what the Yankee fans were singing to Pedro. Who's your daddy? And Pedro didn't pay any attention and came back and won the series and then swept the St. Louis Cardinals. Sorry, Amy. Sorry out there, Cardinal Nation, in 2004. Who are you listening to today? Who are you listening to? Who are you obeying? The devil, the commander, he's the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. We got to learn what the S word is. The S word is for today, surrender. You're going to have to surrender. Every one of us is going to have to surrender. Each and every one of us is going to have to surrender. From the pastor on down at the Family Worship Center, we're going to have to surrender. You better get ready to surrender. If you don't surrender, the Bible says, you can fall on the rock and let the rock break you in pieces. Or the rock will fall on you one day and crush you to powder. I would much rather choose for me to fall on the rock and let the rock Christ Jesus break me into pieces and make me then what he wants me to be than to one day allow the enemy to get me in a spot where the judgment of God falls on me. And I'm crushed to powder. Brother Dennis Lewis is watching. Praise the Lord. Brother Lewis, I'm trying. I'm trying to do it, Brother Lewis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Big Daddy. Sister Peggy. Sister Mary Alderson. Megan Edwards. Ginger. I'm trying. Who are you listening to? God has a plan for you. 
You've got to choose to listen to that plan. You've got to drop your pride. You've got to put down your arrogance. You've got to put down, well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. And you don't know all of this and all that. Oh, I don't know what you've been through, but I've been through a few things also. And you're going to have to choose this day. Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, he said, you choose this day whom you will serve, whether it be the God before the floods and all of this business. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Are you serving the Lord like you know you should? Maybe you don't know if you're serving the Lord like you should. You're watching this broadcast. You need to get a hold of somebody. You message us at this church. If you don't have anybody that you know that has and knows the plan of God for your life, you message us on Facebook. You message us on the website. You send me a text. 618-292-3323, 618-292-3323, and I will help you, or we will direct you to wherever you're at for, to find somebody that can help bring the power of the gospel into your life, because if Jesus can raise from the dead, so can I. If Jesus can come out of that grave, so can we. Hallelujah. We can come out of that grave, hallelujah, with power in our lives to overcome death, overcome addictions, overcome sin, overcome the mess, overcome the tormented thinking, overcome all of that business. Because Jesus said, he whom the Son has set free, he is free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the commander of the powers of the unseen world, the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. It's time to obey. Stop messing around with God. You see, back on September 11, 2001, we saw a glimpse of what could happen when towers fell. I've been in those towers. I saw the movie the other night called World Trade Center or whatever it was, and those police officers were trapped in those buildings. I stood where those police officers were before those walls came down. Before that building came down, there was big shopping, there was big, huge shopping centers and shopping malls in the bottom floors of the World Trade Center. I stood where those guys were at when those buildings collapsed. Everybody was, had a God consciousness for a few weeks. And then it's over. And now life goes on again. 19 years later. But I'm telling you something. Every day gets you closer to your eternal destiny. And if Jesus can raise from the dead, so can I. If Jesus can raise from the dead, so can you. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world obeying the devil. Let's go on. All of us used to live that way, following the passion and desires and inclinations of our soul, sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. Because I was born a sinner, God hates sin. He loves the sinner, but he hates sin. Just by the way I was born, by my very nature, I was subject to God's anger, just like everybody else. Read on. But God is so rich in mercy. Hallelujah. 
And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Look at that. No, don't, no, don't. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Even though we were dead, everybody say we were dead. That's past tense. Because of sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. When I was dead in sin, he raised himself back to life. And now if Jesus can raise from the dead, so can I. Hallelujah. So can you. Hallelujah. Now, next one, please. Thank you. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us. Look at this. He seated us in heavenly places, realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all. Look at this. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. He's going to point at you, and he's going to point at you, and you, and you, and you, and he's going to say they made it. They were my examples. I put them down in the earth. I filled them. I raised them. I delivered them, and look at that. They're victorious. They're powerful. They're earth-shaking and movement makers hallelujah next one we're getting ready to close if Jesus raised from the dead so can I punch your neighbor on the couch punch your neighbor riding in the car with you right now and tell him if Jesus raised from the dead so can I I don't have to live in this anymore you don't have to live in the mess anymore. You don't, have to, you don't have to live in all that trash anymore. You don't have to go over that tormented thinking every day. This one abused me. This one did me wrong. This one stole this. This one took all my money. This one took all my, my integrity. This happened to me, and that happened to me, and I had this, and this was taken, and, and that tormented thinking just rolls over and over and over and over and over, that tormented thinking. But I'm telling you that if Jesus raised from the dead, so can I. Next one, please. Hallelujah. Romans 6, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I'm telling you, it's time to walk in some new life. It's time to walk out of the old life and get into the new life. It's time to walk out of the sin and get in the glory. It's time to walk out of the drugs and alcohol and walk into the life that's free and clean. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Next one, please. For knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more, death has no more dominion over him. Yes. Hallelujah. Next one. But if the spirit of him, everybody say the spirit. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth with you, within you, that dwells in you. God wants to put his spirit in you. Let me give you that number again if you want to come get baptized. If you're close 1803 Jeanette Drive, I will baptize you today.
today. Today, today, today. Well, what about the quarantine? I'm not afraid of a virus. I got Holy Ghost power in me. I got Holy Ghost fire in me. If we get sick, we get sick. If we die, I'll be in heaven. Hallelujah. I won't have to worry about being thirsty no more. Won't have to worry about being overweight no more. Going to have that perfect body. It's going to be a good body. It's going to be perfect. Won't have gray hair no more. Amen. I'll baptize you today in the water for the remission of your sins. In the powerful name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. 618-292-3323. Keep those cards and letters coming. Hallelujah. 618-292-3323. I will baptize you, and hallelujah, if you want it, we'll pray you through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Hallelujah. Next one, please. If Jesus raised from the dead, so can I. I'm closing. Help me, musicians. Bring this down for a landing. Next one, please. Oh, yeah. Now, when they heard this, Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. They were cut in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? This is from the day of Pentecost. This is when the gospel was getting delivered. This is when the gospel was getting ready to take a hold and take effect. Let me tell you something. God is in control. In 2020, and churches all over the landscape today are empty on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Empty. Who would have ever thunk it? Who'd have thunk this, huh? But the power of the gospel still is in effect. The power of the gospel is still in control. Hallelujah. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent, die. Change your ways. Change your mind today. Change your way of living. Surrender. Surrender. All you got to do is surrender. Oh, pastor, I'm having a good time out here in the world. So am I. I've had a good time. I've had a good time, and I haven't been arrested for drunk driving. I've had a good time, and I've never been in a bar fight and got beat up in a bar. Never. I've never had nice things that I trust my good old worldly friends with, and when I go out of town, they steal them and sell them. I ain't never done that. I guess that's your good time. I think your thinking is warped. I go to bed tonight and wake up without a hangover in the morning. I go to bed with the same woman at night and wake up with the same woman in the morning. And I remember how I got there. Oh, I know sin has. Which camera's on me right now? Sin has. Sin has its pleasure. Sin has its pleasures. But pleasures only last for a season. Sin only lasts for a season because destruction is going to come one day. Destruction is coming one day. Steph says hallelujah. Catherine says hallelujah. Randall says we have no fear. We rest in Jesus. That's right. It's time to repent. Peter said repent. Die out. Obey. Change your way of thinking. Surrender. 
Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The, the Holy Ghost. Paul said the gospel comes in power and in the Holy Ghost. Next one. For the promise. Everybody say the promise. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm excited. I'm excited about this time that we're living in. I'm praying for that great awakening. I'm ready to baptize people. I'm ready to see them filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to see the saints of the Most High on fire for God. The church is not just a checkoff box on your to-do list, but church becomes your everything, your lifestyle, your modus of operandi. It's what you're going to do now. You live for the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't live for you. You live and exist for the kingdom. For the promise is unto you and to all your children and to all that are far off. Because if Jesus raised from the dead, so can I. Hallelujah. Next one, please. If Jesus raised from the dead, so can I. I want you to worship with the praise team now for just a few moments before you sign out.